Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're tuned to the Face Pod, Star Trek The Next Conversation with Mike. Josh. Hello? Hello? Hello, sir. Hi. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Is my uh, is my audio coming through okay? Sounds great. Crystal clear. Good deal. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Another patented hilarious Josh voice coming through. Josh, this what? is your grandma. Are you on the line? <laughs> Joshua. Oh, dear. Oh, Lord. All right. Well, I mean, Grandma, we'll just roll with it. Sorry, guys. Grandma gets on here sometimes. She thinks that this is a phone. (laughs) That's the kind of behind-the-scenes shtick that our guests get that the uh, normal FacePod audience isn't even privy to. I know. So, so Joseph, you now know that my grandma lives on my futon. (laughs) <laughs> fantastic. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, she's right over there. Uh she might pipe in from time to time. Sure. She just gets Oh, up. if Oh, she's if we're up. lucky. If we're lucky, Josh. Uh, well, I I I have no sway with her, so I don't know. Well, listen, Grandma uh, Grandma's going to have some good opinions about the CBS Viacom remerger. So we got to we got to check in with her grandma. and see what's going on. <laughs> uh Grandma, how's your stock portfolio? <laughs> <laughs> she's all about those corporate mergers. <laughs> oh, she's sorry. She's going through the check checks mix right now, and I think she's picking out the ride chips. Oh, that's a party foul. That's a party I, foul. Well, I know. I, she'll be back. <laughs> well, should we uh, should we do this thing? Yeah, sure. Joseph, are you familiar with the standard FacePod experience? I am. Okay. Yes. So you already feel bad. Is it- <laughs> It's it's terrible. It's it's an awful thing. So there you go. So are you? Uh, so you've listened to it here and there, or? Yeah, I've, I've listened to a couple of, uh, of episodes. I uh, I didn't catch uh, last week's, but I've I've caught a couple before. Like especially, I listened when um, when you guys had uh, Secunda on. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, that was our uh, like our fifth best episode. <laughs> <laughs> so you picked a good one. It's not bad. It's uh, not bad. Yeah. Facebook. The conversation continues on. Face pod, face pod with Mike Man and Josh Ball. Hello and welcome into the Face Pod. My name is Mike Man. With me, as always, Josh Bald. Hi, Mike. How are you? Woohoo! I just totally spiked. Hold on a sec. Let's try that again. Hi, Mike. You how are you? You spiked. I'm yes. surprised I didn't spike. Well, I 
I, I spiked the see that uh, punch bowl over there uh, nestled in the oily rags. I spiked that. Oh wow! Well, yeah. I better steer. I better steer clear because I'm an alcoholic. Well, yes. So you should. Uh, well, it's it's synthahol in there anyway, so I think you'll be fine. But I don't know. Right. Maybe you're That's like true. so bad an alcoholic that synthahol messes you up. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I don't know. I have never ventured. Yeah. Well. So. Well, we're having our first ever uh, FacePod mixer, so all the guests will be showing up soon. <laughs> um, I'll just. Uh, like what I'll just do. Remember, remember at Thanksgiving I'll, or Christmas when they trashed the place and left. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll we're just. Them I'll another just chance. Squeeze out the oil from the oily rags and drink that. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. You know, Mike, I know you didn't ask, but I've been thinking a lot lately about stories. Oh, have you? Yeah, especially stories that explain the world around us. The kind of uh, mythic arcs that they go on? Yeah, I would say that myth is the word I was looking for. Thank you, Mike. I think today we've hit the jackpot because we have the one and only uh, person who is qualified to talk about the power of myth. And the heroes that we worship and why they are heroes and what makes them heroes. Isn't that exciting? That's very exciting. Yeah. So uh, I think I think we should bring him in for the hero's journey that is the face pod. Yes. Uh, hi, guys. How's it going? Joining us today, everybody, the beautiful voice you just heard is that of uh, he has a PBS special that you can probably get at your local library on VHS. He's got a, bump, a whole bunch of books. It is Joseph Campbell. Yay! Hooray! Um, hi, as far as, to sound, know, as, far as we know, there's is, only one and only Joseph Campbell. So yeah, it's you. <laughs> no, actually, it's uh, it is in fact uh, standard practice for most of my friends to refer to me as the other Joseph Campbell. Uh, okay. <laughs> is there a Joseph Campbell who's more famous for writing uh, books about myth and heroes? Yes, there's the Joseph Campbell, and then there's uh, me, With, the other one. Okay. Wait, but I thought you were the Joseph Campbell that wrote the books. No, unfortunately, this isn't a call from the uh, the land of the dead. Because you sound I'm, very young uh, for I, for the land of the dead. I am I am still somewhat alive. This is uh, not a no, no phone calls from Stovacor tonight. Okay. Damn. You know those guys in Stovacor? They call collect, and that shit costs money. So I, I'm glad. Seriously, actually, they're, I mean they're not very polite. That's that's the truth. Well, I'm thinking maybe you could channel it have, because you have the name. I'm thinking you could channel some of that for us tonight uh, when we get oh, to the hero talk. Oh sure, absolutely. That sounds great. Wonderful. Before we even get there, though, can you tell us uh, the other Joseph Campbell? Where are you from? What do you do besides write books about myths? I uh, uh, right now I'm living in uh, uh, Casper, Wyoming, which is about dead center in the state. Awesome. Uh, and I uh, I wear a couple of different hats. Uh, I in my day job I teach English at a two year college, uh, and then uh, I also uh, am the editor for uh, Queer Space, which is the LGBTQ uh, imprint. Uh, for science fiction, speculative fiction at uh, Rebel Satori Press. Oh, wow. And then uh, because I have the name that you guys have seen, I also, when I, uh, when I write novels, and I've, I've written a couple novels, uh, I write under the pen name Jay Warren. Oh, fantastic. Do you want to pimp some of your novels? Yeah, uh, uh, if, uh, if, you, if you don't mind, if it's, if it's not completely uh, rude, yeah. Uh, you can find my work over at uh, www.j, that's the letter J, Warren, W-A-R-R-E-N, all one word, uh, books, all one word, dot com. So jwarrenbooks.com. 
Fantastic. What kind of novels do you write? Uh, I'm mostly into uh, exploring uh, the sort of transgressive stuff. So those novels like, uh, you know, like Chuck Palahniuk, uh, um, guys like Brett Easton Ellis, the, the people who sort of try to get up in your face. Uh, and, sure. And, oh, sure. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I definitely remember when I read Choke. I think that was the first Palahniuk book I read and I still have – uh, I don't know, vivid uh, images of all the stuff coming out uh, <laughs> when he finally gets unclogged. Uh, yes. So there's that. Yeah, yeah. he's a, that's a great novel, too. I, I like that one a lot. Oh, man, it's so memorable. And I yeah, it's a good one. It's uh, fantastic. Yeah. Josh and I have actually talked about Choke in the past because I've, I've postulated that the uh, patrons uh, or the, the people we've had on the face pod are like the people in choke oh, and right. that and that they'll they'll take care of us when we're old right, because yeah. they feel they feel responsible for us in some weird way well listen you guys are welcome in wyoming anytime thank you thank you thank you yeah i'm curious about wyoming I, i've been i mean i've been through there a bunch of times and and spent some time in some towns uh laramie uh i think is where mm-hmm. i spent the most time mm-hmm. so uh having uh, been through there, and I got to say, it's a beautiful state, and I don't think it gets the appreciation it deserves, uh, especially for its natural beauty. Yeah, no, it's it's gorgeous. It, it really is. If you're if you're into that sort of stark kind of beauty, that that wide open landscape sure. kind of thing, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Right now, of course, it looks a lot more like Hoth than anything else, but that's that's just sort of the season we're in. This is uh, Wyoming is one of the only states in the United States where they will close the entire interstate highway. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Is, it's a big deal. Oh yeah. And, and we just did that last week. We, you know, that, that, that giant storm that came rolling sure. through, uh, we, we had to close I-25 completely. Yep. So that's the other cool thing about Wyoming is your life can come to a standstill and uh, it sounds nice. It sounds peaceful. <laughs> I, you get a lot of books read. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, speaking of books, I'm looking at your website and I see a stack of books here on the homepage. Yeah, uh, it just a uh, it was just a, a picture I wanted to put up there so that you know people didn't get me confused with the other guy because if they're looking for a hero of a thousand faces, that ain't me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's a pattern that's broken by the book on top. I was really enjoying the uh, verbing and uh, and then vaguely recognizable name I should know from past literature. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it that way. Yeah, the uh, so you know the the first three novels I published are kind of a conceptual trilogy. Jesus, is there any more uh, uh, sort of? Did you want to be more pretentious? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's oh. uh, so they're they're a conceptual trilogy. So it starts with stealing Ganymede, uh, and then the second one is uh, uh, silencing Orpheus, and then it ends with drowning Narcissus. Three for three. Um, you know your book titles very good. <laughs> and and so those are those are the first three books that came out, and then Remains is uh, is my horror novel uh, that came out on Lefe Press, uh, which is another press that I just absolutely love. Uh, and then uh, my newest book is uh, is actually an academic book. It's it's what I study in my uh, academic life. It's it's about young adult uh, dystopian literature and science fiction, and kind of the relationship between the two. Oh, that's awesome, man, because that is that is both of those have really exploded, of course, in the last decade. So there's got to be some uh, just it's rife for literary analysis. Yeah, I love it. I, I, I love that stuff. Like, you know, give me the you, your Hunger Games knockoffs all day long. I'm I'm happy to read. <laughs> hey, now, are you tempted for free on Amazon? Lots I was going to say, are you tempted ever to enter that, into that genre and just make your money and get out? 
<laughs> it, the thought had occurred. <laughs> I'll say that much. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's uh, those are sort of the different hats that I wear uh, during any given day. Besides being, you know, a, a diehard Trekkie. Fantastic. Right on. Let's talk about Trek. That's a great segue into our first standard. Or second, I guess, standard question. Can I, is, uh, if yeah, if yeah. you don't mind uh, asking you guys, uh, Will Wheaton was just on uh, Macaulay Culkin's podcast. I don't know if you guys caught that. He uh, They actually had a conversation about Trekkie versus Trekker. Which one do you guys prefer? Uh, I, I don't want to be labeled. Gotcha. Makes sense. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> also, yeah. I just go, I'm a Star Trek fan. Yeah, yeah, and, then, and people go, "Oh yeah, Star Trek," and then they change the subject. So I never get asked that myself. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't bother me either way. I guess you know, Trekkie. I, I think Trekkie sounds better to my ear. Trekker sounds more pretentious. I guess. Oh, that's yeah. funny because I like Trekker. <laughs> really, if I had to choose, I would choose Trekker because I would be one who treks. <laughs> one right. who treks. Yes, but but it just sounds like you want to be known as one who treks. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm wearing the full regalia right now. I'm in my dress uniform for this episode. Nice. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Uh, well, I'm going to take it off because it's not the Joseph Campbell I thought it was. Well, fair enough. So. I, I I fully. It's, I'm not the Joseph oh, Campbell Josh. I thought it was either. Oh, I thought you were wearing something under that. <laughs> hey, Grandma, check it out. <laughs> Well, I guess that answers our major question about kilts and dress uniforms then. <laughs> so, yeah, talking tra- – I, I, no, I don't listen to the Macaulay Culkin podcast. I didn't even know such a thing existed. Uh, but uh, that's a good question, the Trekker versus Trekkie, and I just don't uh, – I don't subscribe. But uh, yeah. Mike's a Trekkie, so he's had two documentaries made about him. Indeed. Yeah, I, uh, I I prefer Trekkie myself as well. It's just it's what we were, you know, what I was always called. I guess it's sort of that reclaiming the the name that was used oh, to put sure. you down kind yeah. of thing. Some sort of right. Uh, maybe the Trekkers are the ones that sit in the mahogany library sipping tea. Uh, so <laughs> as long as I feel so comfortable with it. As long as it's yes. real gray, we'll let them. Yeah. Yes. After we talk Trek, then we then we turn our attentions to uh, drowning narcissists, uh, silencing Orpheus, and. <laughs> And uh, we talk about the literary merits of those. Fantastic. I'm yeah. ready to go. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> All right. Let's talk Trek. How did you, Joseph Campbell, now, I, are you a Wyoming resident your entire life? No, no, no. Uh, okay. I moved here about nine years ago to to start teaching at the the two-year college where oh, okay. I teach. Yeah. So where, did, where and when did you get started with Trek? Uh, very early. This is, you know, uh, ever, uh, ever since we started talking about, uh, uh, me coming on an episode, I, I, uh, I started trying to remember what my first encounter with Trek was. And I know it was, uh, it was one of those days where I was just being a complete handful for my mom. I can't remember exactly what age I was, but she, she had had, shall we say enough. Uh, and she, uh, <laughs> she parked me in front of something and, and, and I, I guess it just happened to be a, a Star Trek rerun. Uh, and I can't remember which episode for the life of me. I cannot remember, but it was, I mean, it was immediate. My, my love for Trek was immediate and it was deep. Are we, Are talking, we talking original TOS? series? Yeah. yeah, it was TOS. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very good. Okay. Uh, you know, a lot of this is made now of parents just putting screens in front of their kids, but that's been going on for decades. Decades. Okay? And so dec- people, yep. it's, it's just a different size screen. You know, <laughs> and, and if you're going to sit your kids in front of something, why not make it track? Right. I mean, that's that's the best possible situation. Absolutely. So so you were at a pretty young age when you had that experience. Did that at all inform you going back to it or trying to find it again or developing that love for it? 
Uh, it it uh, it certainly has has. Um, you know the uh, I sort of believe uh, you. You guys have talked about this before as well, and and the guys have talked about it over on um, TNC uh, that uh, whatever track you first encounter that tends to become your favorite track, sure. right? Yeah. Uh, and so that's that's it. My my lifelong love of TOS, uh, no matter how ridiculous they might get from time to time, that's that's where I'm at. And 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 I love you know I love all the other series for what they are and so forth, but they're never going to be. They're never going to be what Tia, you know, the original series is to me. Sure, absolutely. Those those seminal experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, how do you? Uh, how are you feeling? And how are you doing with uh, the the news of DC Fontana's or Dorothy Fontana's passing? It it was tough. Yeah. I you know we um uh, it wasn't necessarily unexpected. Sure. Can I say that? And, and but uh, certainly you know. It is a huge loss to the Trek community, but thank goodness that we had the time with her that we had. Oh, sure. Right, and, and right. that we have the her, the writing from her that we have because there is, you know, next to Jean, she is one of the the faces on the Mount Rushmore of Trek. Right, she is oh, one of the doubt. people who 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 made it what it is. Yeah, sad, yeah, sad, right. sad loss. But thank goodness we had the time with her that we had. I, oh, so I heard about it. I think Mike messaged me and said D, uh, Dorothy Fontana's died. And I just thought, ah, oh, shit, that sucks. And yeah. I didn't really give it much, much thought at the moment because I have a job and I was doing my job or I had to go back yeah. to my job. And then later that day, uh, I'm looking at uh, David Gerald's Facebook feed because I knew that he and Dorothy had been friends for 50 years. Yeah. And yeah. that's where it hit me because I was reading his just gorgeous words about her and her influence on him and their friendship. And then I thought, oh, man, you know, I knew we lost somebody really important. Uh, and, uh, not that, that's what really hit home for me. Now I, now I get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and, and especially coming from him, like, uh, he's another one of the major faces on, on that mountain, if there is one, right? Like yeah. he's there, they, they shaped Trek, um, maybe not as much as Gene did, but, but certainly in, in the same category, right. In the same vein that he did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They did so much to develop it, uh, mm-hmm. you know, based off what Gene came up with. Yeah. yeah, they're very important people. Yeah, it's uh, it's a big loss, and it's uh, like you said, it's a great thing that we had not only all of her writings, but all of her appearances, uh, like right. on the Trek Files. Yeah, uh, huge fan that of that we got to learn more from her directly. Uh, I think is a really good gift. Yeah, and was- something that can only kind of happen, you know, um, it, with people who reach this age. Yeah. Who were who were there on the ground floor who can really right. sort of clue us in as to here's what was really going on behind the scenes. Right. Because, you know, sometimes uh, the press machine kind of kicks into gear and, and it's nice to have, uh, as you said, you're exactly right. It's nice to have those voices that will come forward and say, OK, no, here's what was really happening. Yeah. Right. And she seems so even keeled. I'm thinking of yeah. the Trek Files episode where she spoke about the animated series and how they shut her out, even though she was the Trek expert at the time and was guiding, trying to guide that series. And she didn't even get to go to the screenings of the animatics and that sort of thing. I mean, isn't uh, that crazy? Isn't that like, it's, it's the, like shooting, shooting yourself in the foot, right? Absolutely. Like that's, that's insane. Right. So yeah. everything is discombobulated or could totally go off the rails because of that. And all she said was it was frustrating. That's all she said. You know, she wasn't hurling invectives or excoriating anybody. She just said it was a frustrating time in my life. And, and that's probably, I'm guessing, at that time, she was just like, I'm frustrated, but I'm going to move on. 
but I'm going to move on. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how anybody could do that. <laughs> so I, I envy that uh, ability of hers because I would be throwing things and, you know, flipping tables and all that good stuff. Right. Well, I mean- Especially in in this day and age, where where we do get so passionate about the stories that come into our lives and the work that we do, for her to be able to be that voice, you know, the sort of adult voice in the room, the, the yeah. who can say, yeah, that's uh, frustrating, but we moved on, yeah. So she and she did all that work, uh, uh, fleshing out the Spock character, who is probably the most well known from TOS, and you know, he's the one that people can refer to even if they know nothing about Trek. Right. And uh, I got to say, he definitely took the hero's journey. Yeah, well, in 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 so many ways, right? <laughs> yeah, like so. if there's uh, if, if you look at sort of if you break down the hero's journey to sort of five major points, which is, you know, it's a little reductive, but there it is. Um, he he checks them all off. Right. Like uh, and, and that's even before some of the work that's been done here in the last, say, 10 years where people have really started to explore his backstory and, you know, sort of the JJ verse or over in Discovery, like even the original sort of conception of Spock. She she had so much to do with exploring his 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 backstory. Yeah. Boy, she laid that groundwork beautifully for that exploration of him through that series the and the the original series films and then and they kept bringing him back for a reason you know yep. he was he's yep. he's gold Nimoy and Spock indeed so yeah so now that we've uh I'm going to put my tea down because we had that wonderful intellectual conversation <laughs> uh, I <laughs> I, I, I felt like I was uh, okay. I'm going to draw him into talking about Joseph Campbell. So I figured I would take it, uh, take my shot with Spock, and it worked. So thanks for that. Nice. I mean, again, I, I, anytime you want to talk about him, uh, it, because I have the name, I've kind of had to become something of an expert. Uh, otherwise, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was curious about that because if you, if, if your name's Joseph Campbell and people, oh, do you know these books? And you go, nah, I don't really know about those. Then you're probably letting them down. Or they might just think, well, this guy's not very smart. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine? I, I will say this with with some of the burdens that it does come with, it's a wonderful icebreaker. I'll tell you that much. Oh yeah, it's interesting because I'm not a big, really up on my Michael Mann filmography, <laughs> <laughs> as perhaps I should be. You guys, yeah, you guys have. Uh, there's some pressure there. The only other Josh Bald I know or I've ever found in searching for my name is some semi-pro rugby player in Ontario. And who knows if he's still alive. So did you have to learn anything about rugby then? That has never come up. Thank goodness. (laughs) Oh, Josh Ball, just like the nobody rugby player in Toronto area. Yes. How did you know? Oh, my goodness. Boy, they really did it at the sevens. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Listen, now now you've done it. Guess what the entire comment section is going to be for this episode? Oh, hopefully links to his team pictures and, <laughs> and rugby terms that I don't know. How could you not know that he and then some sort of statistic, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> he won the scrum 42% of the time. Come on, guys. It's <laughs> a record. That's fantastic. <clears throat> you don't need your teeth to write books, so I guess he could at some point. <laughs> that'd be great <laughs> uh so you pretty you pretty much told us your favorite trek series and it is it's the one that you hold dear it's the one that you you grew up on so did you did you make it through all the other series how current are you with your trekkering or trekking excuse me well i'm all the way up to date uh you know i i, I have to be honest like like so many people uh, around about the middle of season one of discovery i i checked out for a bit Same. Uh, but, <laughs> 
Yeah. But then they, uh, you know, season two has been that such a massive course correction, um, pun very much intended, that I uh, that I came back and I sort of checked back in and and I'm I'm up to date with them now. I'm I I feel like, um, you know, let's be honest, no Trek is ever good before the third season, right? Can we can we just be that honest, right? Um, and so I think that Discovery. Discovery finally moving into its third season is is probably going to get pretty good now that they've sort of freed themselves from from the shackles of yeah. of continuity. Yeah, they're finally where they should have begun. Right? Exactly right. Bingo. <laughs> Dead on the money. Yep. You know, the thing that worries me about that is that now the Discovery writers whose writing I question have the opportunity to shape the entire history of the Federation Indeed. from – Indeed. <laughs> Post Voyager to you know the future, indeed. Uh, that that troubles me a little bit. Certainly, and and because we because we don't know some of their their science fiction bona fides, right? Like we we know that on original Trek and on TNG, people who loved science fiction, and in fact, some people who were professional science fiction writers were the people who were doing the writing. Right, uh, and then with the other series, they may the the people in the writers' room may not have been professional science fiction writers, but they did have some hardcore science fiction lovers sort of riding roughshod over those those writers' rooms. And now with Discovery, you know, we we do have to we do have to be a little uh, trepidatious, shall we say? Right, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm with you. So- yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that lands. I don't know. Well, I it's 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 got me a little nervous, but we'll you know it's it's a TV show. So how are um how are you guys feeling about uh, uh Tignataro's character Jet Reno? Are you are you are you liking her? Or? I'm on board with her. I'm totally on board with her. I I, I can tell you right now, I haven't watched season two yet, so I'll do gotcha. Mike. Gotcha. Yeah, I was totally on board with her. I I thought she was uh, one of the most fun parts of season two. Yeah, she's a hoot, right? I, I love that that idea that we have a character who's just gonna um, just gonna call people on their BS, right? Like right. I'm, she's like, I don't have time for it, and and really, you don't have time for it. She's sort of what what a ship's counselor should be in in many ways. Yeah, right. Very plain spoken. Very. I love the uh, change the basic rules of physics. No, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the listen, I, I've got a drill here, and and let's just get this done, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about this question for you? What since we we know your favorite series, what about your favorite movie? Uh, Star Trek Three: Search for Spock. Wow, fantastic! Why is that? Uh, it's uh, not only the themes that are in there that 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 concept of. You know, sometimes in order to make things right with your with your chosen family, um, you've got to risk everything. You've got to be willing to put everything on the line to make things right. I love that. Um, the idea of stealing a starship. I mean, what kid in their right mind hasn't thought of that and and yeah. just ruminated on that all day long? Like I, I could steal a starship. Um, but then there's also some personal connections to it. It was uh, it was one of the very first movies that I was ever taken to see in a theater, um, and so I have all those memories of 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 your first time at the theater, sort of the wide screen and sitting with the audience and laughing at the same time everybody else laughs and the smell of popcorn and all that kind of stuff. So it's just it's it's my end all be all. It's uh, and I'm sure you guys have this too that like that movie you can just have on all day. And it, and it just runs and you never get tired of it. Sure. 
Sure, sure. Oh, Do you, uh, my mic was Debbie. On. Debbie does Dallas number three. Is that yeah. is that the one? Why why number three? I thought two had better writing. I really did. <laughs> the search. No, it was the search for spunk. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you, sir? How very dare you? <laughs> did you want to fill out the rest of those movies, Mike, with your with your rebranding? Because I've the Wrath of Khan seems pretty obvious. <laughs> that, one, that one's going to be. All right. Uh, uh, the Voyage Home? I'm not sure. You you go for it, Mike. <laughs> that camping scene takes on a whole new resonance, <laughs> doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, geez. Where are we with our standard questions, Mike? I have to change the subject. We're going to talk about how you got into TNC, sir. Oh, yeah. So uh, I am curious about that because people come from all, uh, most, a lot of people come from the Nerdist camp. But there are those uh, stragglers like myself who made it through a different avenue. So how'd you get here? So uh, do you remember uh, a long, long time ago in a galaxy, uh, not so far from here, it's just uh, just off Sepulveda, uh, there is uh, that show called uh, Attack of the Show. Do you remember that? I remember the name, but I don't know that I ever watched it. Or so it, it was – it was this combination of video game review, tech review, nerd culture review show, uh, and it's where uh, Hardwick and a bunch of other people worked. It's where they sort of came from in their their very early stages of their career. And uh, Matt Matt Myra had a very small job on there uh, where he would come on and review tech. Oh, okay. Uh, because he was their Apple guy, right? So he would come on and review tech. And, and from the minute he came on, I was just like, I like this dude. I think he's funny. I, I think he's fantastic. And so I kind of followed him to a couple of other shows. Uh, and uh, he was uh, – then I found him on uh, the Nerdist podcast, right, like you guys were talking about. And then, of course, once he says, hey, I'm going to be on these other podcasts, I follow him to those other podcasts because he's a great guest. So, you know, when he's on with Kevin Smith and they're doing um, uh, the Fraser uh, uh, podcast – Talk salad and scramble. talk salad, yeah. Uh, and so I just follow him uh, wherever he's going because I think he's great. Uh, and then you know I've gotten, of course, now that TNC is here, I've gotten to know uh, uh, Secunda, and I'm like, somehow or another, we're practically the same person. And and I think <laughs> that may not be, you know, we'll see how that works out for either of us. <laughs> Have you checked your cholesterol recently? <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's how I get to TNC and I, I, I love, um, I just love podcasts in general. I listen to a, a lot of them. Uh, do you guys get into other podcasts in your, in your spare time or? I try to, I was, uh, I was doing mission log for a while and I dropped off of that and then I'm trying to branch out. Uh, but it's, uh, it's kind of hard, you know, for some reason, at least for me, and I don't know if it is for you, uh, especially if I see that there are say 82 episodes of a podcast and somebody's recommended it to me. I just feel like it's the crushing weight of that many episodes. And I think if I start this, I'm going to want to complete it or catch up. And I don't think I have the wherewithal to do that. I I very much understand. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I do have a couple podcasts I'm learning to cherry pick from, and I think that will help me. Sure. uh, What are some of the ones you're listening to? Uh, I am looking at uh, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Like, I'm really starting with the most popular ones I can think of, right? So that one, there's a a sports gambling one that I'm starting to get into because Uh uh, sports gambling is now legal in my state. So, uh, you know, I'm going to get it rich real fast. 
fantastic. Yeah, that's all <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple. You know, I I uh, I'm not really loyal to any. I just kind of listen when I do. Uh, there's a David Bowie album to album kind of review. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And uh, there's a uh, new White Stripes uh, podcast. Uh, about the history of the white stripes that's pretty interesting oh cool uh and a couple of political podcasts that i listen to cool yeah uh, i you know i uh i've got a couple of course uh, every every kevin smith podcast because i'm just uh the the biggest fangirl of sure. kevin smith that there is uh but and and Normally, I don't, you know, uh, Macaulay Culkin's podcast is is hit or miss for me. Um, but I'm I'm telling you, the the Will Wheaton one, you're going to want to listen to because they they both really come uh, to to grips with how abusive their fathers were. And I oh, wow. I didn't know oh, how how I didn't know how abusive um, Will Wheaton's father was, but uh, but wow, it 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 was shocking. Wow, jeez, yeah. Yeah, so they have a shared experience other than uh, being on camera at such a young age. Yeah, so, exactly. Wow. Yeah. Heavy. So his uh, – uh, just so it's called the – he calls it Bunny Ears. That's what he calls his podcast, oh, and I, I can't recommend that episode enough. I think it's fantastic. But yeah, so that's how I got into TNC. Are you a TESD guy too? Uh, okay. I don't know what that is. I'm sorry. Tell him, Steve Dave. Oh, <laughs> No, it's hit or miss with those guys because their their sense of humor is different than Kevin's, right? They can get a little harsh sometimes. True. Uh, what about you? Do do you enjoy that one? Or I do, I do. Uh, but I I agree that they they do get a little harsh sometimes, but I enjoy it. Yeah, no. I again, I think I think that whole group they're kind of they're kind of charmed, right? They 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 come out of nowhere with like the exact right uh, uh, way to to think about the you know the 21st century. I think anyway, to me, I think something Mike left out was the were the dozens of ghost podcasts he listens to. Uh oh. <laughs> uh, tell us about those, Mike. I do listen to one. I do listen to one. It's called. <laughs> you do. It's called Mysterious Universe. It's an Australian podcast. Is it, is it any good? Should we listen? It's great. It's these two. <laughs> I I think I, they're either from Australian or New Zealand. I can't remember. They may be New Zealand. Uh, no, I think they're. I think they're Australian. Anyway, it's uh. It's fantastic. I highly recommend it. Mysterious Universe. They, uh, yeah, they do all sorts of paranormal stuff. All right, I will. I will check that one out. That sounds good. And they take a lighthearted look at it. Good. Yeah. Uh, the the. I think that's one of the things that people have talked about in in the conversation on the on the face group is, you know, it's so hard to get through a a podcast if it's just if it's deadly earnest. Right. Like yeah. someone's got to have a sense of humor. Someone's got to laugh at something or else. Because, you know, there's a, I'm sure you guys have tried. There's there's other Trek podcasts out there and, and some of them are just deadly earnest. And I I can't get through it. I just can't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You've got to be able to laugh at what you love for sure. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. Fantastic. Well, what's your in that in that vein? What's your favorite bad episode of Trek? Nice. Oh, my God. There's so many. There's so many. <laughs> Uh, you know, to me, it, it's a very bad episode to me, but I don't know if it's a bad episode to everybody else, but it's the, it's the binars slash minuet <laughs> episode. <laughs> it's just, 
It's terrible top to bottom, but I got to tell you, I love it every time. I'm like, this is my jam right here. <laughs> is, it a, is it a camp value thing or is it they tried so hard and this was the product or what do you think that uh, I think lure you is for it. you? I think you nailed it. It's they tried so hard, yeah. Um, but but I'm just not. I'm not. I, I'm so many things I don't buy. Right, like all of these people working on this starship. This is the flagship of the the Federation. This these are the the, the top flight people in their fields, and yet they're all walking around going a computer. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> And they act like they've never seen a holodeck in their entire lives. And I'm like, okay, guys. Um, and then the minuet thing. I mean, she is just pouring on full on va-va-va-voom 27. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, like, guys, let's dial it back a bit, right? Like, this is this is practically Skinamax, right? Like, let's just dial it down <laughs> a little. Yeah. The weird thing I remember about that episode that always always weirds me out anytime I see it, and it, it, it it's got no reason to weird me out, but it always sticks with me, is that the guy that comes on with the binars, that the Starfleet guy that comes on with the binars, is also bald and old and looks like Captain Picard, but he's right. got a goatee, and it just he was just too similar a type to Captain Picard. It just it just looks weird when they're together. Yeah, somebody should have caught that and been like, "Can we can we call casting and get somebody else like yes, real quick?" Can we exactly? Yeah, it's just too weird. Uh, what about for you guys? What, what's what's your favorite bad episode? Rascals. Oh yeah. Of course. Oh yeah. Sure. The bed. Yeah. Oh, the bed jumping. Yeah. It's 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 it's. I mean, it doesn't make any sense, but it's so good. <laughs> Uh, I have to think about that. I'm not entirely sure what my favorite bad episode would be. Because uh, that's a, you really have to think about that. Or at least I do. Because hmm. there's like, you know, uh, like you guys have talked about several times before, there's lots of really bad ones that are just bad. But it, it takes a special kind of bad to go all the way back around and become exquisite. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like Code of Honor is not getting anyone's high marks. Do you know what I mean? That's just bad. That's plain <laughs> bad. Right. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, you've said uh, that definitely sets the bar for just bad. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, what do you well, think would be your? Uh, we're talking Trek a lot. What do you think? Uh, I don't know if you're a convention guy or a, a fan experience kind of guy, but what do you think your favorite Trek related memory would be? It's it's actually is a, it actually is a convention. Uh, I I've been trying to remember if it was a creation convention or if it was one of the other brands that were around at the time. But in 1984, uh, my love of Trek was so big that my mom and my uncle, who's also a, a died in the wool Trekkie, they were like, okay, for for his birthday, we're going to take the kid to Los Angeles. We're going to go to this Trek convention, and it was my very first time ever being to something like that. It was. It was mind blowing, right? Like, so my little tiny brain just couldn't wrap itself around the idea that I was in the same room as Marina Sirtis. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it, uh, but I loved it. I loved uh, everything about it. That in that one space for those couple of hours, no one was like <laughs> nerd because everybody right. was the nerd, right? And it yeah. was 
everybody was wearing the t-shirt that I wanted to wear and, and people were walking around in costume and I loved it. Um, I've been to uh, Dragon Con since then over in Atlanta and I liked that experience. That was really nice, but it can't hold a candle to that, uh, that, that Trek Con uh, from, from uh, like 83, 84, somewhere around in there. And I, again, I wish I could remember if it was a creation event or not. I, I can't. There's something about being, like you said, about being in the same room uh, as people have been on the show, too. Yeah. Where it's like, for some moments in time in this lifetime, I was at the same place at the same time as these yeah. people. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's just something about that, 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 exactly. that. It's the same experience with concerts, I feel. And, you know, the, 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 the amazing thing is they know that they're going to have to give the same answers to the same questions, but they're, they generally try and make it an experience for everybody, uh, at least as far as I've seen. Uh, and it was just, it was just lovely. I mean, you know, how many times can someone get asked the same question over and over again and still try to make their answer fresh, but they, you know, they, they try to do it. It's fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that, uh, links to what we were, talking about with dorothy fontana they were they're, yeah people are so giving and open uh to these fans that they know are you know certifiable when it comes to this stuff yeah uh and 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 you know to as you said to be honest we can be a little rabid we really can <laughs> uh, and, and so but it was still it was such a lovely experience and i i enjoyed it i um you know the the dealer's room of course everyone always goes gaga in the dealer's room it was uh, it was just an incredible experience fantastic did you pick up any merch oh of course yeah that was uh that was where um that was the first time that i uh discovered what a show bible was right mm. oh, right because they had the tng uh show bible yeah. there and, and i bought it and could read up on all those characters uh and if memory serves i don't think next gen had come out on yet they had announced it but i don't think it had come on yet or it had only been on a couple of episodes and so to be able to read about these characters and what the plans were and and you know to talk about what this galaxy class ship was all about and how it yeah. differed from other things oh i i love that and the other thing that i found there was um uh this was during that time when um at least to me, uh, it was a new idea that there had been previous drafts of scripts. And so I was able to get my hands on one of those early draft scripts of uh, Star Trek, the motion picture. Oh, cool. Okay. And so I was able to read through and, and, and not only was it interesting to sort of read the story, which, you know, differed drastically from what we saw on the, on the screen, but it also was my very first time sort of seeing script uh, formatting. And how mm -hmm. different that is with, from uh, from just writing. Because by that time, I was already kind of you know, as every young kid does, you write your short stories, and and that's how you're doing things. Uh, but then I, you know, to see script formatting and and to sort of see how that works, that was mind blowing. That was a totally new experience. Did you ever get inspired to try to write a script yourself? Oh, you know, I did. Listen, you know <laughs> what the answer is. I was going to write the greatest Star Trek The Next Generation script that the world had ever seen. Um, yeah, it was horrifyingly bad. It was uh, it was so bad. I was so proud of it that I gave it to one of my art teachers because he had mentioned that he liked Star Trek. Uh, and his response was to yell at me about how bad it was. <laughs> it was. It was that bad. He literally said to me, if you're not 
going to take this seriously, then why should anyone take you seriously? Now get out of my office. That was his response. Oh my. Yeah. Hooray. But he was right. It was awful. Like he, he was not, he was not wrong in his assessment. Uh, maybe could have been a little bit more encouraging to a young writer, but, but still, yeah, he, Uh, (laughs) way to shape young minds. Uh, It was, it was terrible though. It was, Oh, the they were gonna time travel and they were gonna steal the Enterprise A and have to oh listen all the all the standard schlock. That reminds me uh, of a quote from uh, Flannery O'Connor that I uh, it's it's etched on the sidewalks of Iowa City, Iowa, which is you know a UNESCO World Heritage uh, Literary Town or something like that. Sure, because um, I I lived there for a while. Uh, I went to college there actually. <laughs> it was uh she said everywhere i go i'm asked if i think universities stifle writers i think they don't stifle enough of them <laughs> no comment <clears throat> no comment uh so uh, i have to ask you back did you guys ever try did you ever write one i've written a lot of things in my lifetime i have never written anything that was trek centric which actually kind of shocks me yeah that is sort of shocking because um, I, yeah, we when uh, you know in those teenage years when when we're into movies and, and me and my friends are making videos that hopefully never see the light of day again. Indeed, we, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were we were writing scripts and and tr- at least trying our hand at it. And I think mostly we were into like psychodrama, suspense uh, kind of movies. Uh, or oh, scripts, nice. Or writing that sort of thing, and of course they were terrible. But uh, you know, we were trying to push the envelope and be edgy. Indeed. <laughs> this is embarrassing because this was just a couple years ago. Um, there was a short story, Star Trek short story contest that I thought about entering, and I started writing a short story, a Star Trek short story for nice. it, but I, I never finished it. Oh. Well, why not? You should have finished it. I know. I don't know why. I, I guess I just – I. I didn't have the passion for it. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't have the story for it. I don't know. I, I, I started it and it, it was okay. I guess it was, uh, it was supposed to be, my idea was going to be the, uh, the story of how Riker got his beard between the seasons. Nice. Oh, that would have been a good one. The, the sort of just so story of the beard. I love right. it. Right. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's I, um, I uh, I only ever tried the the one script, but you know they had that open policy at the time. Like uh, during the Next Generation, right? They would they would accept scripts from anyone. There wasn't a, a plain writer's room. There was anyone could submit, right? Uh, and and that's how we get Ron Moore. You know the famous story about how he submitted uh, that script to one of the guys behind the scenes, and then they were like, "Oh, this is actually pretty good." Um, but I I yeah, thank goodness I never sent the the script in. I can't even imagine what kind of response letter it would have gotten. <laughs> <laughs> if it got one at all uh, they, yes that that would have been the kindness i think is for them just to take it out behind the woodshed and shoot it and, and let's all just move on with our lives <laughs> that <it> never happens <laughs> um well you know the with the with the uh, wide world of the internet uh, everybody gets their chance to have their their toilet script um they do for the world so they you're do. Not, you know we're not alone <laughs> you could you could even post it in face group if you could find it oh dear lord no thank goodness that uh that did not even make it uh, onto the first laptop let alone the the third or fourth it, it, it has <laughs> thankfully disappeared from the universe i would like though to throw it out to the good people of the face group to uh encourage mike mann to write his story about how Riker got his beard 
oh yeah, no, we need to see that story. Yeah. Oh, we've got to see that story. Definitely. And then you know what you could do, Mike, is you could write the sequel because I I don't remember which one it is. I think it's Nemesis, right? He shaves again uh, for their wedding, or is it the the previous movie? I First think time, it's an insurrection. Is it an insurrection yeah. where he shaves? But uh, yeah. The, but then you have how Riker got his beard back. Yes. Yeah, oh, true. like like how Stella got her groove back. I love right, exactly. it. Exactly. That's so nice. Post, That's post insurrection. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, did, um, did you guys when uh, when you were younger? Did you did you grow up on any of those uh, Star Trek novelizations? Did you read any of those? Oh, or? I was a huge fan. Yeah, I would get rides to the public library and check out uh, handfuls at a time. Nice. As as I could mostly the next gen. I never really read the TOS novels, but I read as many next gen novels as I could. Oh, cool. Yeah. I was a big fan. I, I really enjoyed him. And then a number of years ago, I started getting into the DS9 novels, the post-series novels, where they oh yeah they set up the world after uh, the series ends. And I sure, really right. got into those. I started hunting them down at bookstores around here. I was traveling to bookstores, uh, or I'd, you know, if I was traveling, I'd go into used bookstores. And I was setting up a spreadsheet to get <laughs> make sure I had all the books and keep it track. And uh, I kind of fell off, but I, I read a whole lot of those. And they are they're really great. In oh, my, they're a, you know, estimation. Yeah, they're a hoot. They're a hoot. I grew up on the uh, the the TOS ones. I didn't read a lot of the next gen ones, but I read a lot of the TOS ones, and they are, yeah, it's a hoot. It's a, it's an absolute hoot. I I think um, I I when some people uh, have mentioned on their Twitter account that they're they're uh, doing reading like back reading about Trek. So um, forgive me, I'm forgetting the name of the actor, the guy who plays Stamets. He uh, rap or something. Anthony Rapp. Anthony that's him. Rapp. There you go. That's him. Nice, nice pull. Thank you. Um, and so uh, he uh, sent out a tweet where he was like, you know, I'm I'm starting to read some of these. Do you, do you have any recommendations? And oh, I just hit him. Uh, I hit him with like the whole <laughs> list of you got to read yeah. Uhura's song. You got to read Blackfire. You got to read. Oh, yeah, it was it was fantastic. Yeah. I think on the, the latest TNC, uh, Matt says that uh, the novels are pretty much trash. I think it was this latest one. <laughs> Yeah, he did. <laughs> I recall him saying that, and I was thinking, That's right. man, I don't that know if he's why the, he hasn't read the right ones. Now, some of them aren't that great, but you know, you have people that wrote episodes of this series that he loves, yeah. who are writing these novels, and these novels are they're novels. You know, you, yeah. if if you change the character names and put them in a generic universe, they'd still be really solid science fiction novels. And that's uh, that's one of the things that I really liked about him too is that uh, you know in those novels they could explore stuff that you just couldn't do in an hour format right with five commercial breaks you can't yeah. you can't go into a whole backstory of of Sulu's love of plants right yeah. you can't do that but I, I I think the novels were were great for that and I that's why it was on my mind actually is that he had said that and I I disagree with him wholeheartedly uh, yeah. oh me yeah. too because you can really go into the 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 impossible things that you can't show so there were. You know, in one of the DS9, post-DS9 novels, there's a species in the Gamma Quadrant that communicates through color on their – kind of on their torsos or something, but they're flowing appendages coming out of their torsos and they communicate with color. And I was able to, you know, just imagine this kind of thing and it was great. You know, that's awesome. Um, that's one that sticks with me. But there's a lot that you can you, – you just get to build it yourself. And I, I really take uh, – yeah, I take umbrage with Matt too. But I also take – I take that as this is mine because I get to yeah. create that world in my head. And that's what's the beauty of reading in the first place. Well, if there was ever going to be a place where we could talk about Cetacean Ops, oh that's where it would be, right? Is there a Cetacean Ops novel yet? I mean, there's got to be. There's got to be. I hope there is one. I, I that's hope, the one you can write. novel. novel. <laughs> 
and and a whole Lieutenant Pranksman series. There's got to be a whole series on Pranksman. <laughs> oh, could you imagine a series of children's books, uh, Trek books uh, for with Lieutenant Pranksman just you know making Worf uh, lose his mind <laughs> because be Lieutenant amazing. Pranksman is you know absent-minded or clumsy, but he learns a lesson. That would be incredible. Uh, and Worf learns the lesson of patience when he wants to give him a swirly, you know, or whatever. And yet still no one would listen to him. No matter what he says, no one would listen to him. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, you could do some uh, kids' stories with Pranksman. That'd be great. Fantastic. Well, uh, bringing it back to the face group itself, what is your favorite aspect of the face group? Do you pop yeah. in there a lot? Do you yeah, interact with the face group? Uh, it's, uh, it's the face pod, of yes. course. What else would I say? Um, I, I, I love everything about it, to be honest. Uh, and that sounds like a cheese ball kind of non-answer, but it really is the truth. I love that, uh, we have this space where just like I was talking about with the convention, where we can all just kind of nerd out about Trek and nobody, nobody gets high and mighty about it. Right. Like everyone's like, Oh yeah, no, that is cool. Or yeah, we want to see the pictures of your, your, uh, your action figure collection. That's that we love seeing that stuff. And, yeah. and it's, um, it's a real nice break from, you know, the, <laughs> the world today, shall we say? Uh, <laughs> By the way, I think people should, anyone who has written their own, uh, Star Trek, uh, scripts or short stories, I think, should post it in the comments of this oh, face pod. Cool. Yeah, that would be, super would be cool. great. You could also add the files to the face group. Yes, that would absolutely. be super cool. I love that idea. It'd be great to have a literature exchange uh, of the just by people from the face group. I'd love that actually. And I'll I'll post I'll post the beginning of my story. Yeah, how about that? Well, I mean, but we're gonna get you to finish it. I mean, don't think you're getting off the hook here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's so worthless. There's uh, okay. <laughs> it's so far. It's worthless so far. There you Have go. Have a growth mindset, Mike. All right. Thank you. <laughs> you just cracked me up. Growth mindset for growing the beard. That's it. That's exactly oh, it. If if Riker actually utters those words, I will feel like I contributed to this masterpiece. <laughs> Perfection. Um. <laughs> I need a data, growth. Data can say that because at that time, I need a data growth is, mindset. He said as he stroked his chin. Yeah, and, and <laughs> there you go. Data can say that because he's so literal in those first couple of seasons. You know. Yeah, you exactly. You have a growth mindset, sir. Perfection. I love it. This has to happen. Like you've got to get this done and get it on the on the group yeah. immediately. Mike, hang on on us right now and go right. I'll take care <laughs> of the rest. I brought up the questions, Doc. I've got it. Perfect. I don't, Mike. I need you. Come back. Uh, Send grandma to go get him. Hurry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I interrupted your, uh, your, your answer about face group. No, that's it. Yeah. I was, I was just, I just love it. I love the whole idea. I love everything about it. I, I the, the connections that even the, something as simple as, as that early project to, to have everybody sort of report in where they live yeah. so that we see where we all live. That, that was so fantastic. I loved that. How about uh, beyond the world of Trek and beyond the face group? How about, Secret talents or creative endeavors. You're a, an author. To anybody who's listened to the first uh, part of this podcast, you know that. So what else do you have up your sleeve, Joseph Campbell? I am a closet guitar player. Ooh. Literally. In yes. The Is that 100% a yes. Small place. Very, very tiny. Yes. Uh, no, yeah. It's, um, I, I love playing guitar. It, it, uh, it's a very relaxing kind of thing. It's almost like a meditation, but nice. the second I'm in front of somebody, I get so jittery and shaky that, that 
they're like, really? I thought you said you could play the song. And I'm like, <laughs> I can yeah. when no one's looking. Yeah. <laughs> but- no, same for me. I, I have to, if I'm going to prove to somebody, uh, oh, you, you know that song? Yeah. I have to record myself on video alone in a room playing right. it. Uh, I can't <laughs> yes. perform. That's a whole other skill set. Yeah. Or mindset. I don't know. It's tough. It's like a, it's like everybody does, you know, in my, in my early twenties, like everybody did, I had a band uh, and we got one gig and we performed that gig and I spent the entire time uh, shaking and about to fall over and vomit. Yeah. Uh, and I said, mm-hmm. okay, so guess what's not in my future. Um, <laughs> through that gig though. We that's, made it to that one gig. That was something. Yeah. Good. <laughs> but you knew. Do you remember what was your band's name? We called ourselves Fourth Quarter, uh, which unfortunately everyone took to be a football reference. Right. But right. what we meant was, it was actually uh, a basketball reference, right? No. Oh, darn it. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was a reference to the fact that there, you know, there were four of us, and the band wasn't what it was supposed to be without all four quarters and yada yada. But everyone oh. just took it for a football reference, and so we ran with that. I thought maybe too. It could have been that feeling you get when you put that last quarter in the arcade machine to start playing Michael Jackson's Moonwalker or something. Oh, oh no, like, that oh, here we go. Great. You know that that anticipation. That uh, uh, sliding that last quarter in on Tron. Come on yeah. now. Yeah, absolutely. That's a better example than the shitty one I gave you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, they're both bad games. They're both <laughs> terrible games that no one should ever play. Uh, <laughs> I think Tron's more fitting, giving, yeah, given <laughs> we're talking sci-fi. <laughs> so yeah, that was that's 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 my secret thing. I tell every, everyone's like, oh, you play guitar, you will you play for me? I'm like, no, no yeah, I'm no. sorry. <laughs> well, here's what because you can do this in the privacy of your closet. You could record a jingle for TNC or the FacePod or Making It So or uh, the the Mysterious Universe podcast. You know, there's a lot of options out there for you. I could, but who could ever replace the FacePod theme? It is the FacePod theme, and it is a, it's perfection. There, uh, there it is perfection as it is already. I think uh, you know what we could do though is we could loop it without vocals, and you could do a ripping guitar solo. We'll put that in the middle. <laughs> Perfect. I'll I'll kick down into some some vintage journey and just just lay it in there, right? Absolutely. Well, speaking of theme, speaking of theme songs, would this be a good time to insert his theme song? Insert it, Michael. What is your what's your reaction to Mike's theme song for you? What do you think? How do you think that went? Uh, I would give it uh, eleven Kreplax out of sixty three. Um, I think you can dance to it, yeah. uh, but I sort of prefer his earlier work. Yes, and I feel like we're talking to Brian South all of a sudden. This is great. <laughs> no, it's great, improv, my guy. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> Uh, so eleven out of what's the exchange rate of what do you say? Um, Crep, uh, Kreplax. 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 Oh, okay. Well, I, uh, I, you know, we haven't finished watching the Mandalorian yet, so I don't know how many Kreplax are in a split oh, uh, or how many. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> That's see, you made a Star Wars reference, and I had no idea what you were talking about. It happens every time because <laughs> I'm not a Star Wars person. Oh, how dare you, sir? How dare you? <laughs> Uh, ah, I'm all the way over here. You can't get me. There it um, is. All right. I think, though, um, get those, uh, Mike, get those Kreplax out of your pocket because it's time uh, for your favorite part of the podcast. 
Oh, yes, it is. Limber up, sir. Indeed. Here we go. How do we do that? It's time to throw that leg over the other chair. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Oh, deep knee stretch. Deep knee stretch. All right, there we go. Oh, yeah. Now, you get to ask us a question. By all means. So, uh, just before we came on, I saw the news uh, that I was joking about earlier about how it's a done deal. Viacom and CBS have merged again. Uh, And that means that Trek could go back to Paramount or it could stay with CBS. Uh, What do you guys think is the thing that's likely to happen? Is it going to go back to Paramount and we'll sort of return to glory days? Or do you think it's going to stay with CBS and we'll kind of keep moving forward as we have been? What what are your thoughts on that? Mm, I'm going to go with CBS because I think that they are – uh, they want to use this as a flagship property for CBS All Access and their online content. So uh-huh. I, I really think CBS is going to uh, put it all together and then start doing some media releases and a lot of streaming stuff with it. Okay. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It's going to be CBS Star Trek for all time. <laughs> and it's going to be so many shows that we're not even going to know what to do with ourselves. <laughs> Yeah. So no chance that we're going back to Paramount? Never? Yeah. I think the cynical answer is, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I don't care which group of meddling corporate assholes gets it. You know? <laughs> That's it. That's the answer. <laughs> That's the answer. That's the one. Uh, they're going to ruin it one way or another, guys. You know? <laughs> so. Nice. But I think CBS has that infrastructure and they're going to want it. You know, I think they're sure. – I think they're putting their their chips uh, forward for uh, Trek for their streaming network. There, now, that's just uh, that's just my feeling. Yeah. yeah, I do think that we'll see some interesting things happening with uh, movies, though. I, and because they are coming together, it, that means some of the the films, right? Some of the they can use that footage now, and they can use sure. that yeah. quote unquote intellectual property, right? That's the big deal. Right. That's that's the that's the big deal is that now the uniforms can start looking like uniforms again, and oh, then they sure, can yeah. start referring to to some of the IP that was exclusively Paramount, yeah. and yeah, they the, the the it opens up a lot of things for the writers to be able to refer back to because that's that's one of the things they haven't um, that's one of the things they haven't been able to do that's been hamstringing them so much is they can't refer back just so much of the shared universe, even though it's there, right? Because so, it costs them it costs them money every time they have to do that. Yeah. So it's got to be worth it. Yeah. So you're telling me now they can start going back to Galorndon Core? Yes. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. We've absolutely. done it. We've done it. <laughs> uh, so the, uh, the irony, of course, is now that they've got all that, you know, now that, that, that they've got all that property back because they're under one roof again, yeah. um, uh, Discovery is now 930 years in the future where they don't have to pay any attention to uh, – and I just right. – I thought that was hysterical. Right, yeah. And they can shit all over the preceding 900 years if they want to. If that's what they want to do. Yeah. they are into the future, I forget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean it's it's interesting times. I, I think we um, – you know, so much of, of what, uh, what was making Discovery problematic in the beginning was because of the, the corporate split. And they – you know, anytime they did anything that was remotely Trek-like, they had to pay some cash to do it. Uh, and so now that they don't have to pay out in order to use uh, that IP, um, I'm just very curious about, about how they're going to go forward. Um, I think – 
uh, I don't know about you guys, but I think a, a, a Pike number one Spock show is almost a, a certainty. There, that's that's going to be a done deal. It seems like everyone wants to do it, and you know they spent all that money making the Enterprise set. So yeah, yeah, she had to lose it. It really would. Not it really would. <laughs> Not that you've seen it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. so yeah. All right. We've got. I'm glad we uh, had corporate minute here. This is good. the The suits are happy with us now. <laughs> we may continue broadcasting. We have a. They, they will let us do another episode next week. They will allow us to live five minutes more. <sighs> Thank goodness, because the the air we breathe is theirs. Indeed. So. Um, <laughs> now we can't remember exactly the pay it forward question from last week. Question, question of forward. Question of question forward. forward. But we think we know. Oh, we, we think have, we might we have know. a question that Justine asked, so let's just use that. Mike, would you do the honors of uh, possibly insulting Justine? Yeah, the question that Justine asked, and it was either a question that she asked us or the question that was the pay it forward question, <laughs> is what little thing in Trek just makes you happy? Like what a little... Know? What oddity? What idiosyncrasy? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I'll tell you what it is. It is um, if you go back and listen to, to any episode of TOS, there's that little tiny radar sound that happens every once in a while. It's like a da 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 da. It's it's one of my favorite sounds on the planet. I don't know why it just is. And so anytime I hear that sound, it's just a warm fuzzy uh, that I get every single time. Uh, and they just uh, they just started using it on uh on discovery uh, this season right like you can hear it in the background this sort of faint whistling radar repeating sound uh i just love it it's that's it's great. my it's my favorite thing that's great uh, that's a good one. other than other than the other one that, uh that i was thinking about also is have you ever noticed how everything is always directly in front and slightly to the left everything is always right off the port bow oh, yeah <laughs> right <laughs> Everything is always right off the port bow. The captain sums coming up off the port bow. Everything is always on the port bow. Everything is always just in front of us and slightly to the left. Yeah, <laughs> That's bizarre. It's I, I love is it. Weird space is weird. Everything is always on the left wow. in space. Yeah. <laughs> well, naturally, everything's always on the same plane. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yes. Too. Yes. The. Uh... <laughs> they're always face to face uh on the same plan yeah that's uh good for them i'm glad they're organized <laughs> they're always it's uh it's a bit like being on the highway right like you know you're going at very dangerous speeds but but we all stay pretty pretty much oriented in the same direction right yeah. right <laughs> of course <laughs> Uh, that's a good one. I think I mentioned mine already was the locking of the transporter. I think I said that last week because Max Cervantes invented that. And he told us that on our podcast, making it so, so it's near and dear to my little heart. Nice. And Mike, I don't remember yours. Was it rascals? I'm rascals. <laughs> Is it rascals? Just, just all of rascals. <laughs> yes. Uh, bed jumping. It's bed jumping. I'm telling you, it's bed jumping. <laughs> no, my, my favorite part of rascals is the, uh, he's my number one dad. Oh, <laughs> nice. Um, but no, um, I don't know what my, I don't, what is my, I, I don't know what my favorite thing of, of that would be. Um, I think it's an interesting thing that they changed the uniform colors because, uh, Patrick Stewart looked terrible in yellow. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they changed command to red. I think that's an interesting little curio. 
Yeah, and that's, I mean, and that, that affects the whole show, right? Like right. that's a huge thing. Yeah, exactly. So you always have that one. Yeah. Even when you watch Rascals. Right. <laughs> it's always there. Good. I'm glad we had this talk. <laughs> Kiss crack. Uh, <laughs> do you have a question to pay it forward to the next guest? Oh, no, he doesn't get to do that. He didn't do that. I don't. Oh, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> No, go ahead. Yeah, I'm curious. What would you pass on to our next guest, whoever that may be? Uh, I think my question is going to be, um, given the Rippentrop Treaty of 1953 and the – that's not my question. Uh, I think that's uh, I, – I, you know, along with Matt uh, and you were uh, you were just talking about it as well, I, I'm always interested in the uniforms. I, I think they're, they're an interesting part of, of Trek and they sort of set the tone in a lot of ways. So I guess my pay it forward question would be, what's your favorite uniform and why? Good one. All right. Yeah, like it. And uh, we'll let Dan Costello have first crack at that because he is a Star Trek fashion maven. Nice. Um, so I'm trying to lure him out today. I actually, uh, somewhere in the face group, I made a joke about Dan and I were starting a Star Trek fashion podcast, and he messaged me. It was like, were you even 2% serious about that? Because that sounds <laughs> Cause, awesome. Because <laughs> I'm in. Let me tell you, I'm in. I could spend conservatively i could spend at least 20 hours talking about the scant <laughs> like conservatively at yeah. least 20 hours so, social implications of right among other things <laughs> fantastic so, uh okay well we'll get you hooked up with dan and you guys can just go crazy <laughs> uh sartorial adventures in in space yes absolutely Man, i look forward to that now that's a podcast i'd get in on the ground floor i'd listen to every episode so, scant track. <laughs> scant track. That's it. We're trademarking that tomorrow. Oh, oh it's on. Excellent. It's on. Oh, fantastic. Right. Listen, it's, uh, it's been a hoot, guys. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for talking to us. And I had a really great time talking to you, Joseph. Thank you so much. Yes, uh, thanks for joining us, Joseph. And everybody else, thanks for listening. Stay safe out there. Have a good night. Joshua. <laughs> Goodbye, face crew. It's been fun. I can't wait until our next conversation. There's nothing that pleases me more than uh, the face pod. <laughs>